the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of the Carolina's GCSA or the show sponsors. You are listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association, brought to you by Simply, a forward-thinking company committed to bringing next-level innovation and solutions to turf managers from coast to coast. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, and welcome in to another episode of S... Oh, wow. That'll stay. Welcome. That will stay, folks. <laughs> Big uh, Al has been outsourced to another company, and in this edition of Pulling Weeds, unfortunately, he thought he was sitting here recording for the Off the Hosel um, <laughs> podcast, which y'all recently heard me on. Um, yeah. But anyways, welcome in, everybody, to this episode of Pulling Weeds, Pullin Weeds uh, brought to you by Simplot. The official podcast of the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association could be our best opening ever. I'm glad I could help you out with that, Al. You How said, are you today? I'm good. You said that so much better than I did. Well, I mean, save it, record it, and let's roll with it. Oh, let's uh, roll it. I can't, I can't not, you know, tell myself I did it. Oh, this is our opening. I hope you all are enjoying it. This will not be edited. Yeah. So, where are we today? I just said edited it. But but I didn't. I said it the right way the first time. Golly. Um, well, we, let me see. I see if I can get that right. We're at Camden Country Club. We are. Yeah. Um, we're going to be with one of our good buddies, Nick Price, here in a few minutes. I know, man. When you told me Nick Price, I was like, wow. I used to really watch Nick Price. I was a big Nick Price fan. Then I learned it was the guy I saw in Orangeburg last week, not the other Nick Price. <laughs> and did you see his swing compared to the other Nick Price? He had a really good swing. I, both, they both have good swings. There's one that's a little shorter than the other one, though. Okay. Like, he's got a fullback swing is all I'm saying. Right, right. Or Nick Price. But I was a big Nick Price guy when I was younger. Really? Yeah. That quirky little, funky little fast toupee. Do you remember that big old putter he had called the Fat Lady Swings? Yeah. I had one of those. Well, didn't he have the uh, the Gracie as well? Wasn't he one of the mm-hmm. first to have that? I've still got that one. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, what do we want to talk about in the opening today? Your best score here ever. Um, I did break 80 once. Good for you. Um, we played it from the back tees, but I will tell you as we were driving. What's yours? I think an 80. Yeah. Back Which tees is or were you playing the forward tees? Nine or 10 over here? What's 71. Part? 71, right? 70. 70. Yeah, 10 over. We'll talk about fixing that in a few minutes, too. Um, yeah, but my, my favorite story, and we'll cover it here before we get Nick on, is uh, playing with Chris Miller. And not to confuse you with podcasts here, but have you heard the Chris Miller story here? Does it involve somebody's leg? Yeah. 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 I can't even remember the guy's name now. Bill Copeland. Yeah, Bill Copeland. That's right. I was playing with Miller and Copeland, and it might have been our boy Clay again um, that was in our group. Um, (laughs) But but anyways, uh, one, two, seven. Seven, the short par four, right before the long par three. It's a par five now. It was a par four back then. That stupid bunkering up on the right-hand side, you kind of got to lay up and you get that squirrely little shot in. Yeah. What's the long par three? Six. Okay, I'm thinking of five then. Yeah. Hole five. Yeah. He snap hooks okay. one. Miller does. Turns and throws his club as hard as he can. Graphite shafted three wood, and it breaks about two inches under the grip. The graphite shaft does on Bill Copeland's knee. knee. I take my clubs off. I'm like, I'm never, I'm not, I'm not riding with you anymore. <laughs> I walk the rest of the day. Out here, okay, and <laughs> refused to ride with Miller anymore. And Copeland, he still plays. I mean, at that time, I think it was all about liquid levels versus golf, right? But, yeah. I mean, he got off there, and it looked like somewhere between a baseball and a golf ball-sized lump 
coming off the top of his shin, just under his knee, dude. I mean, to this day, I still have visuals of it. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my um my Camden story. I'm sorry. Well, we're working with Chris Miller. I heard the other side of that. I've never heard your version. Like somebody who's, who's in the group, Chris told me about it, and I believe it's the last time he ever threw a golf club. I hope he so. Said. I hope so. He needed to learn his lesson. We played with him. I don't know how many times. I remember we took a guy down to secession one time, and I'm gonna have to leave him nameless. He's not a superintendent. He's in the golf industry, and he's on. I don't know. Let's just say the owner's side to secession, and my man threw a club in a bunker. And I looked at him and I said, "I, I don't know who you normally play golf with." <laughs> but you got invited here. Right. And we're about to cross the road, okay? Yeah, yeah. To play number eight. And when we get there, you're going to walk to your car. And you're going to tip you? your caddy full rate. And you're not going to play any more golf with me ever. You kicked them off? We haven't played since. Wow. Can't wait. You can't do that. When you get invited somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, this dude was in his 50s. I was in my 30s. Like, you got to have it figured out by then. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know All what right, I mean? So here's my Canada story. And this is short and sweet. I got married here. So, oh. yeah. First, my, first time or second? I've only been married once. Nice. So, it's the one we know. I got married on my 30th birthday, and I'm 43, so I've been married 13 years. <laughs> got married in that room right over there. It was different, though, before they redid it. I don't think we could have done it there now. That's the story? Yeah. Oh, I was it's, waiting for, like, it was building up, building up, building up. And it was no, like, it's just I, every time I pull into Camden, there's good memories. That is, I bet. Yeah. Did y'all stay in the little... Um, we hightailed at Little River. <laughs> and then I had three days before I to come back to the state am. Oh, you had one of them SCGA honeymoons. Yes. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did, I did too. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, birthing time off, um, vacations. I, I took and, vacation to um, get, yeah. Comp time. We could take a whole episode on that for off the hosel if you'd like. We should. And with that, um, let's go to Nick. Nick Price, not the old New Zealander. Or where was Nick Price from? You know, was it New Zealand? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Was it? South Africa. Yeah. Okay. I thought yeah. it was Zimbabwe. Which is Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. yeah we he's, should also have a geography test. <laughs> I'd fail miserably. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> wasn't Gary Player-esque, right? He was yeah. from somewhere over there close. Yeah. We'll figure it out yeah. by the time we actually get the Nick, Nick Price. So, here we go. All right, Google. This portion of the Pullin' Weeds podcast is brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture's industry-leading performance pack lineup of innovative products. Performance Pack delivers next-level dependability for your greens fertility programs. Coupled with our fertility management calculator, the Simplot Turf and Horticulture sales reps are able to work with you to design and formulate a winning game plan specifically for your property and objectives. Simplot, bringing Earth's resources to life. All right, everybody, we're here in one of my favorite places, um, Camden, South Carolina, with none other than Mr. Nick Price. Nick, thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys for being here. Oh, I'm excited. I love Camden. Yeah. Uh, you guys just learned. It's a few- love-hate thing, man. You you show up, you think you're going to eat this place up, and <laughs> you walk, I'm walking down with my head shrugged. You know. Oh, I was still just talking about the city. Like, yeah. Like Camden, not the country club. Like, I got married here, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. I didn't know that. At um, Our Lady of Perpetual Hope. Okay. Right over here off of Littleton. Is that where y'all go to church? Not regularly. My parents still do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't live here anymore. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. That's why I was... Yeah, we used to live in Lexington. Does Camden still have that car, that cop car they stationed around town where there's a dummy sitting in it? No, I hadn't seen it, but they, uh, okay. they've got the little signs that too fast too fast that pop up when you go too fast too fast every morning it tells me too fast too fast 
Kershaw, Kershaw cops do not mess around. They they don't mess around here either. You when it says twenty five, you better yeah. go twenty five. It well, sounds like liberty on I twenty mile marker one hundred six and a half to eighty six. Is you better halt? Yeah, it's like Ridgeland or Ridgeway or whatever that yeah. one down there off of ninety five. There's people that speed by me when I'm coming home from Florence or you know, back in Columbia, and I'm like, okay, you got about two miles before you you gonna get clocked. Yeah, you're um you're running a risk there. Yeah, it's it's a every other day thing, right? Well, they work it. You'll see two or three at a time. I mean, that's but you don't hit the interstate on your way here, do you? No, I just come from Sumter five twenty one, so yep. I have to come through town yep. to get here. Yeah, and that's what. Takes so long. The twenty five mile an hour. Oh yeah, you have. To when creep. do you hit that? All the way back by the military academy. You start him to slow no, down. He doesn't come in that way. I come in from basically. I go under I oh, twenty. Okay, so by, I the, go, by the three McDonald's at the one exit. Yeah, you go under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, three McDonald's, couple fats cafes, about yeah. ten convenience stores. Yeah, yeah. One little exit. That yeah. Used to just have that one small little rinky dink gas station twenty years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I got yeah, you now. You I come in that way. way. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way we go over to uh, Peachtree. I think processing, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, okay. That's where we take the deer. But real quick, before we get to Nick and his uh, and his background, you'd been so proud of me. I watched a turkey hunting show last night. And I have so many questions for you. I can't wait. Yeah, that's, that'll be off air, but they will be stupid. You that might need to be recorded on itself. Do you see now why I said you should just come sit with me one morning? Yeah, and I watched the film crew. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All, All right, right, so sorry. Nick, <laughs> but you can talk about that with. I'm about to step on her and get bit. But you can talk about it with Nick because Nick loves to hunt. That's um, the one question I forgot to put in there. Okay. Yeah. So, Nick, where are you from originally? Clio, South Carolina. C L I O. C L I O. I always call it Clio. I hope Carson's listening. Is that where he's from? Do you know? Oh, what's Amy's maiden name? Oh, uh, is that where she's from? Yeah, it's Vaughn now. Oh, Amy McCall. Yeah. Yeah. Her she brother. married my buddy Carson. Yeah. What's her brother's name say? Lynn. Lynn, yes. Lynn McCall. Yeah. They got a bunch of land down there. Yeah, they live out towards the Carolina section. Yeah. That's Carson's wife. Right. And right. you know Carson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I met Lynn. Today. Amy's a year a year older than I am. Okay. She's a year older than I am. Yeah. So you know Joe Quick with the Golf Association, the guy Probably who took done. my job. You don't do much with the SCGA, huh? No. The CGA's out here a lot. I got you. No, so the guy who took my job, Joe Quick, was Carson's roommate in college okay that's how we all met i'm sorry baby i'm sorry oh, gosh. <laughs> what's the dog's name sophie i sophie. thought she was biting me but she's chewing on her leg actually. Oh, okay <laughs> she just pushed my foot out of the way so. she almost bit tim when he walked in the room and then now she's curled up under his feet and letting him pet him <laughs> licking him so all right so cleo where is that exactly it's Clio. Clio, my bad Clio. um oh, it's kind of it's in marlboro county so okay. it's about 17 miles west of Dillon. Right, 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 right. So I've, been, I've been to Marlboro before. It's it's kind of, I mean, Blenheim ginger ale. That's what I tell people. Like, have you ever had Blenheim ginger ale? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've had Blenheim ginger ale. About five miles north you're running. So what's, what's your take on that? You do it? I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of it. Like one bottle every couple of years isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm it's not, good for mixing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of got a kick to it and stuff. Well, I think so. they have a spicy version, do they? Not? Yeah, yeah, it's got a it's got a kick to it. So right. say that again. It's not Blenheim. <laughs> no, <laughs> Blenheim, Blenheim. <laughs> I'm just saying it for everybody else out there who might see it in the store well, see, and doesn't know what they're looking yeah, for. Yeah. Blenheim's like a suburb, Clive. Uh, Blenheim's got a caution light. We have one stoplight. Oh, I didn't so know. We're like was, big time. Didn't know there was a Blenheim. Yeah, man, but caution it's, light. It's tiny that way. Yeah. So you're familiar with south of the border then? Yes. 
did you use that as an amusement park growing up? We uh, we used to play putt putt out there. They had a putt putt okay. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And back when my dad was in high school, um, um, they did a lot of farming and stuff. But he would take care of. They had like a little par three course back there way back when, and he would go and uh, do that some. Really? So yeah. your old man was a superintendent? Nah, he was a state trooper, but he just, he well, he tried to find anything to get off the farm. I got so you. I got he you. did not, he knew one thing, he didn't want a farm. Now, what was, what kind of farm? Row crop? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to have anything to do with that, so he decided to be a, uh, a state trooper. And when he retired, he kind of took over the little nine-hole golf course where we grew up playing at and stuff, or I, where I grew up playing at. Which is? Clio Country Club. Still there today? Closed down 10 years ago. You're going to buy it back here in a few years? <laughs> they, some lady from up north bought it, and it had a few ponds on it, and she uses the land to train dogs and stuff on. Oh, huh. Interesting. Let me ask you real quick another. So it's been fertilized. Another landmark. <laughs> Fantasy Lake. You ever been there as a kid? No. Okay. I, know, I know where it's at. Yeah. I, I used to go there a bunch as yeah. a kid. But. Is that like an outlet of south of the border? It's, it's somewhere up there. It's like Whiteville, isn't it? Isn't I don't. It know, I can't remember. I was so young. But there's just ropes. It's a lake. I mean, all kinds of ropes, trapeze. Just Do you just swing off of it yeah. in the water type stuff. Yeah, but it's like a. I mean, arcade food center and all that oh, stuff. Wow. I Sounds think it's like in Whiteville. Board. I think it's in Whiteville, North Carolina. I got gotcha. you. How did you get interested in golf? Did you play when you were younger there? I did. Um, kind of goes back. I mean, my dad would take me out to play. It was like a privilege to go play with his buddies on like a Saturday morning yeah, or a yeah. Sunday afternoon after church. So you had to be on your P's and Q's because if you didn't or you got upset or mad, you had to sit in the truck till he got done playing, oh, wow. and then you wouldn't come back the next week. <laughs> oh. So how many of those instances did you live through? How many times did you have to sit in the truck before you figured it out? Twice. Okay. And, and, and the last time, you know, it was a nine-hole course, so – Last time he told me to go sit in the truck, I was about as far away from the truck as you could get. So I think he, I think he wanted to tell me like a hole before, and he just waited for me to get a little further so I could <laughs> take my clubs off and hoof it across there. That's uh, the walk of shame there. Yeah, and it's 95 degrees sitting in that truck. It wasn't fun. Mm, man, black truck, I'm assuming, too. All right, so puke yellow. <laughs> young, <laughs> young man sitting that in. That may cover our last question sooner than later. <laughs> I know. Young man sitting in the truck. How did that spark an interest where you end up going to Clemson for turf grass? Um, Growing up on the farm. Well, kind of similar. I didn't really know if I wanted to go to college or not. And my dad kind of taught me another lesson. He sent me to go work on the farm in the tobacco fields, my Uncle Carlisle. And it didn't take me long to realize that I was ready to go to college. Yes, sir. After that. Was that a a fall cutting as well? It was all summer and Mm. in those tobacco barns. And it was 1,000 degrees. Mm -hmm. And you're just covered with stickiness all day long. You learn what the cutter part of the tobacco plant is real quick in that move. Yes. It was awful. Cutter Creek is named for that in Snow Hill, North Carolina. Okay. It's a former tobacco farm, and it's, yeah. that was named because of that. Well, I went to Clemson because basically that our guidance counselor in high school, like our senior or junior year, I forget which one it was, they were like, well, you can get a free day off of school if you go visit a college. So me and my buddy, we hightailed <laughs> it up to Clemson for the day. You know, walking around, we did the whole tour and stuff like that, and uh, 
was like, man, this place is pretty cool. I'll, I'll come up here. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go there. Yeah. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just went ag undeclared. And, you know, after about a year, I was just kind of flipping through the book and it said turf grass management. I'm like, I grew up working on a golf course, you know, um, as a kid. So I was like, hey, I can get paid and work on a golf so course. So you, you worked at Clio? Or yeah, that? I did. Okay. I oh, was on. Clio, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my dad, when he retired from being a state trooper, he took over out there. So this was when I was. 12 or 13 he finally he he got his 25 in and retired and i was triplexing greens before i even thought about driving a car uh, so nice and it was did you ever do something bad and you have to go sit in the truck <laughs> no no i, I kind of had uh he kind of took it easy on me um out there yeah i was a uh, i'd mow greens and we had one more so when i mowed tees in the afternoon i had to switch out the reels mow the tees and then turn around and switch them back out for mowing greens in the morning learn so, real quick what yeah, you did like and what you didn't like yeah switching out reels and i'll never forget it's a 9 wrench for those old toro mowers <laughs> <laughs> never get oh that's great that's yeah that's great. good so when you were at clemson was don around then or that was before don came up don was there he was i think he had just got to the walker course because we had labs and stuff out there I, maybe it was a year or two after i was there that he showed up because you got done when oh two oh two so i think he showed up at probably 99 or 2000 something like that maybe and you had who else in that class with you adam charles oh, man that was a ton of us up there you had you can roll off at least 10 right now still in the industry yeah go uh big daddy Brent Bagwell, he Brent was Bagwell. he was coming out. He was getting out when we were coming in. Um, Jim Young. Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Hollisworth. And let's see, Matthew Schrader, Matthew Gregg, Campy, Campbell Cox. Uh, was Rob around? Daniel? Rob Daniel was there. Um, Alan Estes was our TA in like a lab. It's like you went to Simplot School over there. Yeah, <laughs> there's some superintendents in there too. Oh, yeah. I know. Adam Adam was there. Then. Adam Charles was up there. Um, Who else was going to be in Adam's class? Then I can think of. Well, Adam was there. He was getting. I think he was getting out because he was like Don's assistant. Okay. Yeah. So before I graduated, he was the assistant out at the Walker course. I think. Um, Adam Charles Matt, was. Yes. Huh. Matthew Smith. I don't know if you remember Matthew Smith. Um, God, I'm trying to think who else was in there. There was a lot of – and when I was coming out, when I was coming out, there was a lot of the younger guys coming in. So you had like – I can't remember. I think when I was going out, I think that was the class with like Billy Bagwell. Um, oh, shoot. Um, Brooks Intel. Um, you worked with him too, didn't you, for a while? No, no, he was he was down. To, he was down. Oh, Brad Young was in there. Jeff Atkinson. Um, wow, there was a ton of guys that were. <laughs> I, I think they were the four years behind me. So, but I went four and a half. So that's why I, <laughs> that's why I got to see those guys. I guess part of their freshman year, anyway. So in year four, you were in. We'll just call it four years. We can round down with that. Um, yeah. At Clemson Turf School, did Clio Country Club improve over the summers? Um, it 
It did. Um, I, I would go out and help them out some. Um, I would definitely. I'd. Um, I just figured calling the old man. Hey, pops, you need to be doing this this time of year. Yeah. Hey, are you doing this yet? Or hey, it's 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 funny because my dad, he's you know, a farmer at heart. So, you know, it was like sixteen four eight triple ten on the greens, and you know, you know, seven dust to kill any insects. You know, it was just. And then he said, um, he had some algae or something, and I, I think one of the guys that like um oh Helen there was a Helena plant in rolling this I think it's still there but told him to put out Dacanil and he called me up he said have you ever heard of this stuff called Dacadu I said what is Dacadu <laughs> he said he said this guy told me to put out Dacadu I was like no I think he's talking about Dacanil he was like yeah okay yeah maybe that's it so and did he put it out? He put it out. He Man. It. So uh did you go straight to Seabrook from Clemson? I did. So I graduated in December of O two and I started in January of O three. And that's a thirty six hole facility. Thirty six holes. I did my internship there um the summer before I graduated. Okay. Um and um I did my internship but Ashley Davis, he was director of maintenance there. He's at Long Cove now. Oh wow! And um, but Ashley hired me back um, um, after I uh, I got out. So I must have done a pretty good job for him if he hired me. Right. Hired me back out of school. So Ocean Winds and Crooked Oaks. Crooked Oaks, two courses there. Yes. Did you spend time on both of them, or I started out on Ocean Winds for a couple months. Um, that's the with, one that's to the right. Yes, yes. If you're at, if, if you're walking out to the range, T is to the right. Right, right. It goes out thirteen and fourteen. Go out by the ocean. And Scott Brown, yeah, was the assistant over there, and he's at Surf Club now. So I've spent two months over there, and then I went over to uh, Crooked Oaks to be the assistant on that course. Um, I've never been. I've everything I've ever worked was All Star Tournament in the summer. Do you remember that by chance? Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Everything was always on that ocean, course. Yeah, Ocean Winds. Yeah. Uh, that was a nightmare for me. Was it a nightmare for y'all? Oh golly, it was. It was just tough. I mean, double T's and you know, I mean, that thing was huge. I mean, there yeah. was kids from all over. I mean, Moms we got and in. And, yeah, we got in and got out, but it was really tough on like the golf shop staff and stuff like that. Yeah, so they the cart rental. I mean, they would get cussed out if there wasn't a cart available. Oh, and God. they would save some of your members are going to Crooked Oaks. Yeah, yeah, or Crooked Crooked Oaks. Yeah, yeah. and. uh but I remember somebody was friends with the maintenance guy and took one of your workmen's out watching his granddaughter play one time. And I was, do you remember that? Yeah, it was me that let him take the car. Was it? Yeah. Let me guess. Was it Naffle? No. No, it no. was. Um, it That's was, so funny. Yeah, it was. I thought he hijacked that thing. I was like, man, we're going to get in so much trouble. No, I was. Um, <laughs> it turned out it was Jim. Jim Carr was the kid's name. And it was some people from, uh, it was a girl I went to high school with. It was like. Her cousin and his mom was out there, so I was like, yeah, "Just, just don't wreck it. Right, just, right, just keep right. it on the cart path. Don't wreck it." Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and the, the, the couple years later, people would start bringing their own carts, uh, like trying to tow them down there, and it was yeah. it was nuts. And who was the? Because you had to have a handicap sticker, right? No, we the, rented them, but it was first oh, come first serve. Yeah, yeah. renting them at that point. Yeah, and I think Seabrook. I don't know if it was Seabrook. There was one place that got smart and said it's twenty five dollars first come first serve you can rent it right now for 30 
you know, like it, it reserve it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got. Well, you. see, that was the thing that that tournament. It was so. It was like practice rounds on because it was an all star. So yeah. It was um, practice rounds on Friday and then Saturday, Sunday. So the members went to Crooked Oaks. So, you know, they had to make sure that there was carts for them to go. It was right. nice having right. the two courses because you could do stuff like that. You could stick the members on one side and, um, you know, have those tournaments on yeah. the other side. I used to hate marking that thing, man. That was a lot to mark. Did you Hazards. live down there? I lived – my last three years, I actually had a house on John's Island. So it was basically – Still 20 minutes. 20 minutes, but – From the know, gate. From, yeah, basically it was like eight minutes – Okay. From the gate to the maintenance shop, which was at the driving range, but it only took me like twelve to get to the gate okay. from my house. Yeah, yeah. What did That's you do nice. before that? I was on. I had rented a villa. I actually, me and Burgess lived in. Jeff Burgess lived in a villa right at Oak Point for a little while. How much money did y'all hustle out of people in Charleston living together? The one, I tell you what the good thing about Charleston, and I hope the uh, I hope the golf pro does not uh, listen, but you know a lot of those bartenders love to play golf, so mm-hmm. it was always nice um, going out on a Saturday night somewhere, and you know having a couple pops here and there, and then uh, I'm like, hey, you mind if we go out to see Rook and play golf? I'm like, sure. How much do you? Hi, you don't know me anything. I'm like, all right, I. Come out there tomorrow afternoon sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That works out well with the bar tabs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Who's the pro out there? It's Brian Thielen. Oh, gosh. Been there forever. Yeah, he's been there forever. He came from Mount Vintage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to so say. I first met him there. Yeah. At Mount Vintage or? At Mount Vintage. That's yeah. when I first found out about the uh, the traveling community there. Mm-hmm. Right. On, on the main you road. You know about them, right? At Mount Vintage. The gypsies that live all right See, there. I don't think we can say uh-huh. that. Oh, the traveling people? The traveling people probably and You better. can bleep it long no, hour. Yeah. But yeah, Brian, I think he started in like six, 2006 or seven or he something was, like that. He was there when I got there, and God bless him. And who's the other guy? Randy? Randy, yeah. I love me some Randy. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't need to be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was just a good that could dude. Be quote of the year from Big Al. I love me some Randy. <laughs> We can use that in a lot of places. I might just show up on Twitter a few times. I love me some Randy. I can't wait for somebody named Randy to be on Twitter that I can quote. I big think Rand, that. Randy's still Seabrook. If I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken. I, you know, I think he was. So. You're not talking years. about Mr. Few, are you? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. Um, so you spent how long at Seabrook? Eleven years. It's a long time. Consecutive. Consecutive. So from I started in January of 2003, and as I, as a second assistant on Ocean Winds. Okay. And then uh, I left in March of 2014. As a superintendent? Over both courses. And, and wow. Sean Hardwick was my boss. He was director of maintenance. Correct. So Ashley leaves like two months after I got there to go to Long Cove. And then they hired Sean. So Sean started, I started in January of 03. And then Sean came in as the director of maintenance in March of oh three and he's still there correct he's good still, dude yes really good dude. where'd he go to school he went to warrior georgetown okay that's but right he played he played baseball at south carolina until he i think he messed his shoulder up or something but he was a pitcher he looks like an athlete he can he can hit a golf ball too all y'all can hit a golf ball <laughs> i used to think i could till i saw you where was that savannah we played 
together. Didn't we play at the country club down there for one of them events? Yeah, it was like the Low Country or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Mm. That's a good track. We played well that day. So let me ask you, what makes a guy want to leave the beauty of Seabrook for Sumter, South Carolina? The commute. <laughs> well, I had I was kind of it was, it was funny because I was talking to Scott Martin. I've known Scott for a while, but I was talking to Scott. And I'm like, man, I said I love it down here. You know, it's man, we get everything we want. You know, it's pretty easy and stuff. I was like, but you know, I. I kind of want to get a little closer to home because it was a three and a half hour drive to my parents house yep. you have to go where i lived at john's island you have to go through charles through west ashley through north charleston so it was three and a half hours if i was getting it you know <laughs> so i was like man i said i'm kind of thinking about getting a little closer to home my parents are getting you know up in age and stuff and scott martin called me one day he said well he said this guy named he said bland cooper's interviewing some people for a job in Sumter at Sunset Country Club. I was like, who's Bland Cooper? He was like, you don't know Bland Cooper? I was like, no, I've never heard that name before. He was like, well, he's an agronomist for the PGA Tour. I was like, what in the world's an agronomist for the PGA Tour doing in Sumter, South Carolina? <laughs> you know? So it kind of started from there. And then Byron Hill was actually doing some work. He was working for Rich Abbott with Aspen. He was a construction superintendent. And he, we were redoing the bunkers on Crooked Oaks to Better Billy Bunkers, and I was sitting in Byron's truck, and I'm like, man, I said, you know a guy named Bland Cooper? He's like, yeah, I went to school with him at Ori Georgetown. It's like, well, what's going on? I was like, well, he's interviewing people for this job. He's like, shoot, I'll call him. Left Byron, went and did something else. Come back, he said, oh, Bland's going to call you in like 30 minutes. He's on his way down to Orlando to go Bay Hill or somewhere. I was like, okay, but... So, interviewed with him, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess to answer your question, he should have been a used car salesman because he's pretty persuasive. So. Wow. <laughs> Bland was episode number three, I believe, wasn't it? He is, but he ain't persuasive enough to get out of certain situations in foreign countries. I hope you're listening, Bland. <laughs> so, Sunset, was it a culture shock? Uh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, Bland's the type of guy, he, he's pretty – optimistic about everything he was like listen he said you know it's in rough shape he said you know it's gonna take a lot of work it's like it's just just keep your head down just do what you got to do and it wasn't that bad to start with because we had some help and stuff and i had a mechanic but towards the end it was it was pretty tough i mean it got to the point where it was like me and two guys and i didn't have a mechanic and yeah. irrigation leaks like I, let me three ask, a week. Another tournament I used to we used to do the Caddy Classic at Sunset. We did a couple of years. Do you remember that? It'd been on oh. Sunday, South Carolina Junior Golf, and shotgun start. And I remember it, it must have been those lean times because I was the one having to go get the carts out the cart barn and line them up and tag them and do everything. And I was like, I would have gotten here an hour earlier had I known I needed to do <laughs> yeah. all this. Yeah, you know. And it got it's like I mean they were it, it was just. They were trying to keep it to where, you know, it was um it was kind of, you know, just it was just a tough it was just a tough situation because I mean that place in like the mid two thousands was like booming. Right. It's like had like seven hundred members. Yeah. And then it just kinda just started fading. But um it's a good it's a good golf course. Did you do any renovations while you're at Seabrook? Didn't you go through a couple? We did 
Well, the first time I met Big Daddy was when he was working with Frontier, and that was Rich Abbott. Um, we redid the driving range tee, and we redid the chipping area, and both putting greens, I think, at that time. So you'd been some through some renovation work before you had to deal with the change. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was just on the phone with the guy, irrigation contractor, and uh, he was talking about ocean winds. He had just got finished doing that irrigation um, uh-huh. this past summer. And, um, man, it sure does look good there. I'm ready to go play it. It was, I mean, it was a tough tough golf course what? to begin with yeah and now they've added some bunkers and kind of done a couple of different things with the greens complexes and stuff like that but it's because it wasn't title right like secession where you could play at certain times and get in and out of spots well i mean there's almost always water where yeah, there's supposed to be water there. yeah there's on well on the back side it would get title but it was you know environmentally sent we're autobahn so okay you couldn't go out there i mean I gotcha. you you might see your ball, but you can't you go going out, there. out there. You ain't going you. out there. What was a par three with the bridge? A beautiful hole. 15. Yeah. Great 15. hole. That stretch from, you got 13 going out to the ocean. Yeah. Big sand dunes on both sides. It looks like the fairway's 10 yards wide, but it opens yeah. up. And, and then 14 smaller. 14 is like the green's as big as this room. Yeah. A little 300-yard par four. And then you got 15 back over the marsh you know 180 yards from the back and 16 is just a almost like a turtleback fairway marsh on both sides yeah 17 hard dog leg left like 90 degree turn and then 18 was a dog leg left you had water kind of on both sides but they redid i think they put if i'm not mistaken they put a whole bulkhead on 16 to make it and built it up so to make the fairway kind of flat because if you did not hit the center of that fairway there's you were just you were hoping the rough or the it was wet or something so you right. didn't roll into that junk. And there was a huge alligator that lived, if I'm not mistaken, off eighteen and nine somewhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a and he would he, she, whatever, but he would kinda go from he would bounce from crooked oaks number one to one ocean winds to nine ocean winds to eighteen yeah. ocean winds to ten. He kind of patrolled that area. And he went was, through the pipes, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, God. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, it was. I think. I don't know if Charlie was still there or not. I think he was still there. But we were doing something. We were doing some drainage work or something, and we couldn't figure out why in the world this culvert wasn't draining on like 15 on Crooked Oaks. I'm like, man, what's going on? Everything looks clear get over there and we started smelling something smelling something well a 10-foot alligator had crawled up into one of the big culvert drainage pipes and died mm. so that was our blockage Oof. you had to drag it out and you couldn't get to it you couldn't get to it it was stuck in there like it had gone down the culvert and it went into like this i don't know 20 i don't know 20 inch pipe or something like that and basically got stuck and just died so we had to wait for it to just basically decompose and then wow. we realized that yeah hey 
Drain works. Good. It works. It works. It's work. We're y'all do drain at all? The drain. I guess you can't. <laughs> Come on, Al. You talk about the stuff. I got a sensor out. <laughs> it, we had uh, Audubon and Drano in the same same <laughs> conversation. I'm sure there's an environmentally friendly version of Drano. All right. So let's. Can we talk about Camden? Oh yeah. And and so how many times did you played the place before you came up here? I think three. I'd come over here a couple times with some members from Sunset, and we came over here and played. And then I played in that North South, where I got to play the front nine in the North South before the yep. just rain just started dumping. Any issues in your mind following a twenty-something year mainstay at a facility like Danny? I mean, it's. Well, it's encouraging. Yeah. I, you know, I get I mean, that question all the time. I mean, right? the man was here for she twenty seven, thirty eight, thirty eight, and I think well, he he worked for Randy for a while, and then when Randy left, I think Randy went to the Dunes Club, didn't? Yeah. He? And then Danny took her, so he was here for thirty eight years. So I mean, it's in, it's encouraging that they'll you know keep somebody around sure. for a while. Yeah. Do so, you do you like the train or not like the train? I mean. Kind of get like a little kid every time I hear it. I mean, it's, it hasn't gotten old yet. I've been here like nine months, ten months now, yeah. and every time I hear it, I'm just like, just like a big smile on my face. I'm like, right, you gotta turn and look. Oh, there it is. There's yeah. the train. How many times a day? <clears throat> it's usually between five and six in the morning. Every once in a while, it'll come through in the afternoon. That's really a treat when it comes through in the afternoon. But it's crazy. <laughs> Why are you it's laughing, like, Tim? I just. Cause I was standing, it's uh, 12's the par three. Yeah. And I was playing golf with both Matthew Wharton and Brian Steeler when the train came through in the afternoon. And, uh, yeah. And I'm putting for birdie, right? Like yeah. up on the collar, yeah. kind of left, yeah. high left pin. Yeah. Brian's in the back right bunker. Matthew's in the front left bunker. And they hear the train, man, that's it. One of them literally grabs his phone out of the cart and goes Just runs there to run to the and track. And the other one gets in the cart and drives away. And I'm like, I made it. <laughs> you know? But that was it for like five, eight minutes. Yeah. World stopped. Oh, yeah. They just had to go down there and see that train. There's a house back there behind. There's a 13 green? Yeah. On the right. Yeah, but if you're going backwards, it's like... You're going into it, you know, you're looking at it on the train tracks. Yeah. Across oh, oh yeah. I thought you meant the one I hit off of 13 No, no, this one's kind of <laughs> hidden back there. How do they get there? Do they? Dusty bin. Okay. So, like, it's... Um, they don't go on the golf course. So, yeah, you can't... You can kind of... You could get there from the golf course, but if you go back out the Broad Street or 521, there's a little tiny little side street. If you're going back towards town on the right, it's called Dusty Bend. Okay. And um, that's kind of, you know... That area back there where you're talking about from there, if you're looking at the house back to the right, yeah. where it's like a polo field now, that used to be where the old Kirkwood Hotel was back in the late 1800s. Here. I mean, that yeah. was a big deal. I got a lesson when I came to see Danny one time. At the uh, hotel? No, but he, uh, there's another gentleman who worked for me who was spraying. He probably – Dickie. Saying, yeah. Dickie, yeah. Dickie McCarney. Yeah. Yeah, Dickie gave me a Does lesson. he still work for you? Yeah, he's still here. Dickie's a good golfer too. Yeah, he's a lefty. It's not, not my fault. That. He ain't redheaded, at least. <laughs> but, yeah, that whole area, and it's crazy. You're talking about 12 and 13. Like, the original, I think it was the original Travis design that where 
13 was number one and 12 was number 18 and you came back to where the Kirkwood wow. the Kirkwood Inn and the pro shop was kind of back there um kind of to the right of the T on 13 up in that area and I mean it was weird and then um Ross switched it up he switched it up when he came in here but when was he here do we 37? know 37 I think it was 37 and okay. this is still the only official that we know 18 hole Ross in South Carolina correct yes yeah that it's he, pretty special being here yeah I'm a Ross junkie yeah full full of sand right out there oh yeah so can you get more rain than other people and, <laughs> and drain it a little bit we had Better. like mid-may I think it was the 12th of May we had like three and a half inches of rain over like two days and once it finally started raining we came in and uh, we mowed fairways after that <laughs> I mean it's like <laughs> Not not a wet. It might have a couple bunkers that may have some standing water in them or something. But it's now. Do, it's, you, do you like that? It's well, it's a benefit since we don't have cart pass. We have cart pass around like tees and greens, but it's a huge benefit, especially like this past winter where we were just getting pounded with rain. You know, it didn't stop our members from getting out there and playing. Yeah. You know, we had you know did stay in some of the sandy areas and stuff like that, but. You know, it didn't it didn't hurt us as bad, but I would think some supers are jealous of the drainage. Oyster shells still out there on the pads? No, no, it's it, they got some asphalt pass, and I think that was done in the nineties. Okay. Whenever Robbins was here, Robbins came in in like ninety eight and tried to get back to the original Ross design. Rick Robbins. Rick Robbins, and then. Nice. Spence came in, and I think it was 12 or 13, and kind of redid some of the greens. Huh. And that's when y'all changed the grasses, too? That, yeah, it went from, I think that's whenever they put in the Mini Verde. Mini Verde. Is that yeah. what you still got? Yeah. That's when you shifted some pars around, too, correct? Yeah. So it was 14 used to be. So the par, yeah, the par fives I hear were three. 13 and 14. Back-to-back par fives along the railroad track. Yes. Loved it. So Spence came in, and what they did was seven, that hard dog leg right, short par five now, it was a par four. So they changed that to a par five, kept 13 along the railroad tracks as part five, and then turned 14 into a longer par four. Which is ridiculous because it was a – I'm sorry. I just used to enjoy birdieing that hole. Yeah. Well, 14 is kind of like, it's like, you know, three is a long par five. You go up the hill, but back down the hill. It is a true par five. You have to hit two really good shots to get here. Yeah. And then what I like about seven and 13, especially seven being a short par five, yeah, you might have, you know, if you're played, depending on which tees, you might have, you know, eight, nine, seven six iron whatever into the green but that's when it starts to get tough because that green is on steroids yeah. you have nowhere to miss it and it's it's a short it's it's literally just a long par four but you know you take you know if you make birdie that's great but yeah if you take part and just Did go you put on. a bunch of native crap on that right bend yeah uh. there's bunkers there uh. so there's like five or six bunkers there some stuff like that uh. I mean, it's the same thing like number two. 
I finally parred number two this past Friday. I was playing in a tournament. I think it's the first time I parred it since I've been here. And I parred six. So I parred all par threes on the front nine on Friday. Two, six, and eight. And I was ecstatic. That's a big deal. Yeah. Because two's a big balmy, what, 143 now? Yeah, it's like we played it from like 135, and you don't even you don't even try to hit the green. I always play it like club short and hit it in the little fairway. Short just, right? Yeah, just short right and just putt it to wherever the pin is and just hope I two-putt it. So what's the elevation change there? You got any idea? It's about – 80 think, feet? Yeah, something like that. From the back tees, it probably is. It's maybe, enough maybe, to- maybe Maybe – Maybe 40, 50 feet. It's enough to wake you up on your second hole out here. Yeah. That yeah. tee shot, looking down and seeing a little water beyond it. and Yeah. Yeah. What What about the uh, race course to the right of 11? <laughs> well, that was one thing, too. It's like three things that kind of get me uh, tickled is, you know, in any given morning, you can see a train. You can see deer running through the golf course, and you can see horses just Right. Making loops, or I mean, just in that little area, that 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 area, you can see all three of those. There's right. a certain period of time every morning where everybody's looking for Nick. They know where he is. Yeah, I'm out there just gazing, <laughs> just watching the, watching them practice running around the track. And uh, I don't, little Miss Sophie here, she has not figured out about these horses. She knows where they're at because if she's in the cart with me, she'll perk up. She'll start looking around over there. She hadn't figured out what they are yet, but. I don't think she wants to find out what they are. Have, have you had any horses on the course in your time? Not that I know of. Yeah. There's no telling, though. Especially with the, with the cup this past weekend. Who who knows? I'm glad I wasn't working this past weekend. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> that that can't be fun. It's a it's a little different. I mean, because I mean, we're what one mile down the road is the course. It's the, the practice course, one of the practice courses right there to 11. But, yeah, you go yeah. out here to Knights Hill Road, you take a left, and it's literally like three-quarters of a mile is the main That's entrance. the way I came in. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I come in. Oh, yeah. I always have to come in that way. I've never been to the horse race, though. I've been once, and I never saw a horse. I hear you. That's, yeah, like, that's where there I were respect. stories I'd heard about. It. You go to the cup, you never see a horse or yeah. whatever. And that entire day, I never saw a horse. Yeah, it's. We were in the infield. Never saw a horse. The general manager, Wayne Watts, here just walked by this car and gave them the Phil Mickelson thumbs up <laughs> and just kept walking. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, well, what else you got? Um, do you keep the beard trimmed now a little bit more because of the marriage? Um, Is that too personal? No. My father-in-law um, was getting recognized by the Sumter Economic Development Board last Thursday. Oh, so last Thursday. So he didn't know about it. He was the mayor in Sumter for twenty years, and you know he just he didn't he didn't run this past November. So he put in he got his twenty years in, and he just it was time for him to pass it on to somebody else. So he was getting an award, and you know my wife says, um, "Yeah, you might want to trim it up. Dad's getting an award, and you know and stuff." I said, "Okay," and then. <clears throat> Then my mother-in-law says, "Hey, you know, you might want to trim it up a little bit." You know, my wife tells me she's like, "Uh, well, with my my hair was growing out, so it was really long on the back and on the sides, but you know, I have nothing up on top." And she told me that I looked like a um, she told me I looked like a uh, 
homeless person. So I was like, man, eh, it's probably trying to trim up the beard and trim the hair. Nice. So you got a haircut and a trim. I did. I got I, I did it all. Uh, I did it all myself. I didn't know what I was going to expect coming in here today, and I was like, hey, he's kind of a little cleaned no, up. I'm going to say, yeah. I, when I saw you at Orangeburg two weeks ago, when we played with It the, was rough. It, yeah. I, I looked, I was, we were talking. I was like, man, he, he's got that thing trimmed up looking good. Okay, all right, all right. So you I'm, saw what I'm used to seeing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a guy who doesn't trim properly and, and yeah. trim enough. I'm not a, a beard maintenance guy. Tim's always <laughs> looks good, and yours look good. And yeah. So I feel better knowing why you had to do it. Yeah, it was – I Family. probably I probably wouldn't have. I was going to put it off to the weekend, and then I probably would have put it off to the next weekend or something. But then I was just like, <laughs> I usually go, man, I look rough. And then about a week after I say that, that's when I finally get to it. But yeah, that's it, it cuts down on a lot of the chatter at home. So. Oh, I got a haircut yesterday, and everybody been complaining. And then I did, and nobody even noticed. So it doesn't really matter to me. It looks just, good. As long as it's not bald, apparently, yeah. it's acceptable for the yeah. family. <laughs> well, hey, hit him with the uh, the famous question. Well, i got to ask one first. What's the best place? What's your favorite place to eat in Camden? Ooh. Um, it's tough to beat Springdale Hall's buffet. Yeah. Okay. It's real tough. But They've made a bounce back from a couple years ago, huh? Yeah. Is that that hotel right on 34? No, it's right here on, on number four. It's like a... Okay. Bed and breakfast. They've got cottages and stuff like this right here on number four. But really? It's um. I go over there and eat with my in laws some, and that that buffet is pretty strong. So I'm gonna take a left out the club, and it's gonna be right down there. Yeah, but they're closed down for uh, the summer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Man, I was gonna hit it up too. Salute <laughs> the Mexican restaurant on right here on Broad Street. Good. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's real good. Margaritas for lunch, Al? Sure. It's I don't sure. drink margaritas. <laughs> it's but really today, good. we'll yeah. make one with scotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd try it. I, I make them with vodka. I don't care. Huh. Yeah. Well, what was the first car you drove? I think they call it a daiquiri, by the way. <laughs> uh, a 19... 19- GM's giving me to Phil Mickelson. Oh, we got, <laughs> we got Dude, and he's rocking a visor. Did yeah. I see that in the reflection? Oh, I'm surprised he doesn't have a cigar in his mouth. He's a big, or used to be a big cigar yeah. guy. I play a lot of golf with him. I got to meet this guy. I yeah. think I might have met him before. I don't know. Here's a, I'm going to tell a Wayne Watt story real quick. Your GM. Yeah. And this is coming from Mike Birdsell, who was my golf professional, but worked with Wayne. Who was in the back of my truck when we got into an accident at Monday after the Masters. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. So Wayne was a young man, assistant. And I mean, if he's still right there, you can tell him to come in uh, to refute the story. He did the thumbs up walk by. But he would go. He would have a night out before, and it would go into the ladies' locker room at Spring Valley, which is, remember was right there off the golf shop, and go to sleep on the couch, take a little nap instead of working. And the ladies would like, oh, Wayne doesn't feel good, and they would cover him up, give him a towel and a blanket, and. I just remember Birdsell going, are you serious? He's, he's hungover, and y'all were treating him like he's sick. Yeah. Great. But that, 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 honestly, that's 20 years ago. So yeah. the, the things that if it happened in today's world and you woke up in the women's locker room, you would not be getting covered no. up with a blanket. No. You would be on the front page of the news. They were going to get them Powerade, Gatorades and stuff. Oh, you know? yeah. No, 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 no. This is, yeah. Yeah. All right, so you left off car, first car? 1986 Ford Tempo. <gasps> Beautiful. What color? Blue. Blue. Oh. It was like dark blue. Yeah, it was dark blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> four door. It was four door. It was four door. That's a three body trunk car, isn't it? It it wasn't. You could get no, both sets a, of golf clubs in there, could you not? Yeah, it wasn't a very big car. It was just like right. a little sedan type thing. I, one thing I remember about it is the um, the radio. How you had to you turn the dial to where you wanted, so you had to get it really dialed in. So oh, if you yeah. wanted like. 
97.7 at the beach, you know, that radio say you have to dial it in and then kind of move it around, listen, wait till it came in. Then you had to pull the tab out. You had to pull the tab out, move it over, and then push it back in. So that was your preset. So yeah. you could just push it in. Did you ever have a radio with presets like that? My, well, yes, but I was too young. I remember the one wait, with the red, red line that you would scan along the dial with, yeah. but I never – Oh no! This was an it actual was, dial in those metal buttons. You yeah, had to get a yeah. fingernail up under some yeah, of them. You had to, to pop pull it out. out. You had to pull it out. No, I was digital. You got it. Move it oh, to the no, side. No, push no, it no. in. This was a, this was on. I don't know what pre-digital <laughs> would be, but on the little roller dial preset. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could I mean, you even go between AM and FM on those things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It had like another switch that you yeah, had to hit. It was like a switch, or it was like um. It's like a knob on the other side of the knob or something. Oh, yeah, you did. You used So FM was on the top and AM was on the bottom. And there was two different lines. Yeah, yeah, so you had to move that little dial and stuff. But, I mean, I didn't know how to. My dad had to show me how to do it. And he was just like, hey, because his (laughs) truck, he had like a 1973 Silverado, Chevy Silverado. The the puke yellow that I was telling you about. Yes. So we had the tan 83 Bronco full size that we road tripped across America in as a family when I'm 16 years old and you get out west then and it was only a.m. Yeah. and it was only like two you could catch across uh-huh. that whole bar yeah. I mean there'd be 40 minutes would go by we'd just <laughs> <laughs> try you know, on the road stop stop <laughs> one last question I think we gotta give you a chance to answer give a piece of advice to a young and up and coming super basically I'd say you know just work hard I mean, you're not going to know everything, but you can pick up the phone and call somebody. If you don't know, pick up the phone and call somebody who's been there, done that, and just take their advice and just work hard. I mean, that's the one thing I've always tried to do to make sure that nobody's going to try to outwork me. I can at least do that. I might not be the smartest person in the room, but you're going to have to get after it to outwork me. But I'm going to tell you all right now, one of the sneakiest guys sitting around a bunch of turf heads with a bunch of cold beer when it comes to intelligent conversation is this one right here. Don't let him fool you. Don't let that exterior fool you. I've, I've listened in on a few of those conversations where, I mean, I, I don't even know the terminology, but yes, people listen to you. And you know what I mean? So kudos to you and how far along you've come to in your peer group. Do you drink from the fountain of youth? Because I had you pegged for about 10 years younger than I think you are. Uh, He's the same age as well, you. I know I'm, that's what I'm oh, saying. I'm 41, but I mean, I, I hadn't had. Well, they, the Jim Furyk effect was happening. Yeah. I didn't realize. So Ooh. if you, if you take God, it gets worse every time it I does, see you, bro. Look, look at it. It's getting way look back here, here Look now. here. Look here. Full recovery. I even shaved mine. Shh. I started losing my hair about 25. 25. Maybe that was. Uh, we call it the Hardwick effect. Well, I think it was the Charlie Spears effect for, uh, and finally we got rid of the bent grass in 2005. And I guess, I mean, I had hair then. Did you and work then with we got rid of the bent grass and I guess it just started falling out. He lost it with the bent. Did yeah. you work with Charlie Spears? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about early on yeah. at Seabrook. I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah. Charlie was there. My man. He's Charlie. been on the, he's been yeah. on the pod. Charlie was there till I think 2005 or 2006. And then he went to, um, Went to Cherokee. He'd probably like some irrigation help right now if you want to go down there. He I don't think, need help. No, he's got plenty of people oh down there. Okay. Like, you talk about trying to find late. Go down there to Charlie's place. <laughs> yeah. 
all you people at Wendy's looking for help and all that, just look at his Twitter posts. I mean, oh, there really? must be 19 people in every picture digging oh, ditches and filling holes. And I yeah. mean, they need it there. That's a huge property. A huge property. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful piece of property, too. You've been down there a few times? I played it a couple. There you go. There you go. Big yeah. Al's the only one in the room who hadn't played yeah. that one now. I looked at a snake in a cage in the hunting room. We took him down there. Hunting lodge. We took him yeah, across from Maine. Have you been in the hunting lodge? I had been in the hunting I lodge. I did get to shoot a crossbow that day, I believe. Yeah, we, I, we busted the crossbow out, had him and Charlie shooting it. I did go into the, what they call the main house and go <gasps> down, go downstairs. And You've been in the big house? Yeah. The, uh, That's where we had he, lunch, right? Yeah, but we didn't go in. We was on the porch. Right. Did you go in a door? <laughs> no. Well, did we, you go in an interior wall? No. It was exactly. He's been. We in. went down somewhere, and I thought we were going to check out the wine cellar, but it was the gun cellar. Oh, whoa! The really? whole room had nothing but shotguns and rifles all around. And they ain't none of them cheap. No, I mean they looked immaculate. Every gun in that, every one of them in that place, the cheapest one is more expensive than the most expensive one I have. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's That's a treat. Mm. It's a treat to go down there. There's $100,000 guns in there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let's end on that note then. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, thank you for your time. Look forward to playing with you sometime again. Thank you, Nick. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds, brought to you by Simplot. Please follow us on Twitter at Pullin' underscore Weeds Podcast. Keep up with all your association news and events at carolinasgcsa.org.